0: Welcome to the Checkmates Go podcast. Join your favorite Checkpoint expert, Phone Boy, and his guests as they cover a range of cybersecurity topics to help you secure your everything. Be sure to subscribe and share, and don't forget to rate and review us. And now, here's Phone Boy. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. I'm going to be the one interviewed, this time by Grant Asplund of the Talking Cloud podcast and also one of our evangelists here at Checkpoint Software Technologies. Now, why did I say the full name of the company? Well, you'll have to just find out and listen to the podcast where we explain why I said that. We both have a lot of history with Checkpoint, both very different history with Checkpoint, and we talk a little bit about that. And in fact, I'm going to get Grant on the Checkmates Go podcast here in the future to talk about his side of some of the interesting stories that we didn't talk about in this particular podcast. This is going to be a little bit longer than our normal podcasts that we do, but I think it's well worth your time. You can of course look up the talking cloud podcast in your favorite podcast app of choice and i will have a link to the podcast in the show notes
1: hey welcome everyone and thank you so very much for joining me today for another episode of talking cloud now you know this is where we talk about cloud cloud computing all things cloud i mean it's such a big such an enormous word touches just about everything we do in the world of computing. Now, you know, I'm no expert, but I do know where to find them. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am so jazzed because I truly have a legend. Truly a legend within the circles of cybersecurity and firewalls and checkpoint and and really the cybersecurity industry overall, and certainly now that also includes cloud. Now, this guy, gosh, I'll admit I have known him for a few years. He's not like, uh, you know, somebody I've had over for dinner and he's my best friend, but we know each other pretty well. We've worked together for a long time. I have a great deal of respect and admiration. The guy just is, again, he's a legend. He's got more stories and he can he can tell you the truth on just about any myth you hear if it has something to do with Checkpoint software. So I am so thrilled and excited to have with me today phone boy I'm not going to even say your real name. I'll let you do that because I think that's what most of the world knows you by as Phone Boy. But hey, Damien, thank you very much for coming on the program. Yeah, so yeah, the, it, it's Damon. That's the that's the that's Damon. The, sorry, that's, I that's, right that's, away I okay. screwed it up.
0: That's okay. It, it, yeah, this is it, and yeah, uh, it's funny because I was I was doing a, a session this morning and and that, and that was a question I got asked. Should, should I refer to you as Damon or should I refer to you as Phone Boy? I said, well, I'm going to introduce myself as Phone Boy. So, um,
1: well, thanks a lot. So, Damon, yeah. welcome to the program. Thank you,
0: and <laughs> and, and and yes, uh, yeah, lo- long time listener, first time guest.
1: Uh, well, it's awesome. I appreciate it very much. Uh, you, then, you know, listen, I always say it, you know, I mean, I'm all, I'm the Gilligan. I bring professors in. I mean, I, 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 I try to set the bar low. That way, I can always get over it. But I've never professed myself to be uh, deep in the weeds and highly technical. Uh, but I get it and have for a long time. That's just kind of one of the benefits, if you will, of being in the biz uh, for a while, like we were talking about our first experiences with the cloud in, involved an acoustic coupler, right? I mean, you were on some bulletin boards back in those days, weren't you, Damon?
0: My first foray online was, was as a teenager with, uh, with a, uh, you know, with, yeah, acoustic coupler modem with a, with one of these, uh, Western electric rotary dial phones, right. That, you know, yeah. that, that you could drop off a building and it would and, and look like nothing happened to it.
1: Uh, that's right.
0: Yeah. So in, and, you know, and I, I I've been thinking about this, yeah you know, this journey to the cloud, I've definitely taken my own journey there and, and, and I've seen a lot of customers take their journey to the cloud and, And I think it it does start with remote access in a lot of ways. It's I need to access a computer that's not here. Yep. And and if you think about computing, when it first started, it was these large computers that were in a centralized location that we had to go physically to a room to go use it, right? Or use a terminal on it, that kind of thing. And and so yep. and now all we've done is just sort of extend the wire a bit and and now and that's yeah, you know, remote access is kind of that 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 first I need to access a computer somewhere else. And ultimately i mean th- 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 there's more to the technology than that of course but that's the first step is accessing a computer that's maybe not in your pocket or leveraging resources that aren't that aren't in your immediate vicinity but they're somewhere else
1: yeah you know, the cloud the, the the mainframe i i, I remember um, amir <laughs> kursansky said to me he said i think the mainframe was cloud.9 You know, it was just before 1.0 because really it was the terminal that was plugging in. But it really was the precursor, right? The differences, as you put. I had to be in that building where, you know, as it, uh, I guess even later on, though, with DECnet and some of these other uh, large SNA global networks, you could argue that was really the early days of cloud computing, wasn't it?
0: I think all the I think networking is a yeah, it's an extension of um yeah, it's 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 a it it's one of those foundational things. And we it, we talk about the cloud as, you know, we kind of joke it's somebody else's computer. It's more than that. It's it's a it's a confluence of technologies. It's really, you know, we there's in computing, there's these hard trends of storage, connectivity, and processing power. These things continue to increase, you know, go up and to the right as far as capacity and, and capabilities. And th- leveraging all of that is certainly from it, it we can do so much more than we could do back in the you know back in the 1980s when when remote access was just you know 80, 80 by 24 you know, console right with, with just yes. characters on it now it's you know now we've got computers that are figuring out whether you know something is an orange or not or, or, or you know do what, you know do what yeah the or answering
1: answering our phone and answering questions for us
0: I think whether you whether you want to use the cloud or not, you really, you know, you really are in some way. It's just a question of what, it, to what extent are you using it.
1: You know, you 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 talk about um, these uh, uh, technology pillars. I was just on the phone earlier today with my son, and you'd mentioned earlier uh, that that your boy was doing effort or doing work to make music for video games and that your daughter played the French horn, I think yep. you said. Well, my son's uh, now in his second, third year at Belmont University in, in Nashville, and he too is into music. But There's also the business requirements, and those are the classes that he's been getting into. And one of the things that we were just talking about today that he said he was learning about was Moore's Law. And uh, I was telling him, because, you know, I think we were talking about this once before, Damon. These have been around. The ingredients, nothing's new. It's the composition of those ingredients, meaning we've always had the ability to— you know, connect, albeit it took us to put a phone receiver in an acoustic coupler. But now it's, it's that it, what I tell my son is it's bandwidth, connectivity and compute. So, I, I mean, I think we're saying the same thing. It's this I'm ubiquitously connected to an unbelievably huge pipe with supercomputers in my pocket. A- 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 and the scale is so unbelievable. And I told my boy, I said, it's very similar to when you uh, learned in chemistry that uh, uh, three teaspoons of something mixed together didn't really uh, result in anything, but three gallons of each did, right? That you have, when you have different quantities of these same components, you can end up having a different effect. And I think that's where we're at today with bandwidth compute connectivity uh, we're we're coming into some a, a, an amazing new era and it really is all leveraging cloud isn't it
0: I look at cloud in that and that yeah it creates a lot of opportunity that we didn't have before because we have so much more you know, effect, effectively information and ability to process it at high speed from from many different locations. Yeah, that gives us amazing opportunities. It also gives the hackers amazing opportunities too, right? So, Boy, yeah. so no when kidding. we start, you know, no so, kidding. you know, to 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 bring in just a little bit of checkpoint marketing here. You know, we when we talk about Gen 5 threats, it's a lot of it is really it's the you know, we call them multi-vector threats and and it's because there's all this compute, storage and processing everywhere that we're able to leverage in, in, a, in a malicious way that that that, that potentially creates a, uh, you know, the, the, these kinds of threats are able to able to move around and come from different uh, come through different paths and locations and that kind of thing. And so that's what that's. And, and yeah, that's, you know, when I when I try to explain it to people, that's that's at least that's the way I. I I go with it. it is, yeah, if you look at the the, the history of cybersecurity, it, it talk about Clifford Stoll and the cuckoo's egg, right? It was a they, they were talking about dial up into a into a Unix server somewhere, and and there was an accounting error somewhere, and that and that caused him to, you know, to go on you know, this hunt basically to try and figure out where this uh you know where this was coming from, and it and it turned into this great story. That's what that's what got me into cybersecurity. And but it was that was yeah you know, that's effectively the cloud. right? <laughs> we don't think of it that way, but um. And then we start yep. at it, but we talked about all these different technologies and yeah, we've, so we've cool. had to learn, you know, we, there's, there's a learning curve. And so for those of us who've been in the industry for a while that we have a certain view of the world, yeah, we have to learn all these new terms, but when you actually dig into it, it's really not all that different from the stuff that we've been doing. It's just, okay, we're talking a different language now, instead of typing commands on a command line interface, we're sending things through a REST API. Is there much difference in that? Not really.
1: Although I would suggest, and I, i'd be curious what you think of this, it seems that there we are entering a a, a phase an era where because bandwidth is so great all, all the time, right whether i'm wi fi or i'm i'm five g or whatever, because compute is so powerful. Because storage, I was telling my boy, the first Macintosh computer I sold to Alaska Airlines, one megabyte of RAM and no mass storage at all. Uh, and it was, you know, uh, $1,600. All it had was that, you know, 400K uh, micro floppy. And, you know, today my iPhone 12 Pro has 512 gigabytes of memory. It's pretty crazy how things have evolved today and what we're carrying around. It's it's kind of unbelievable. I-
0: I've had that same conversation with my son, right? And my, you know, and my daughter, it's like, you realize that, and I, and I still have floppies from back in the 90s, I guess, because I guess I can't throw them away. I probably have nothing that's able to actually read them anymore, but... You know, they've got, um, you know, 1.44 megabytes of data on them, right? And they're, you know, we're talking about the three and a half inch you know, hard, right. hard disks or whatever. And, yeah, and,
1: yep. you know, and I've
0: got something, you know, and I've got, I've got, you know, the, the little uh, micro SD cards that are the size of your thumbnail that are, you know, 256 gigabytes or, or more. I think you can get terabyte ones now. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's just mind-boggling. And it's, you know, that's, that's again, Moore's law, yeah. partially Moore's law at work. And then you've also, you know, you've got the little Raspberry Pis that are you know the size of a credit card that, that have more computing power than the space shuttle had back yep. in the day or whatever. Um,
1: what I was suggesting, and I want to hear your thoughts on, is because of these... Forces, these pillars, uh, the accelerated rate at which all of them have continued, and what they enable. We're really at a time where I can, what I always say is kind of shake the echo sketch on how applications work, how they're built. And it's happening already with pods and Kubernetes and and microservices, right? But I was trying to explain to my son where we're entering a phase now where the data is going to get delivered, but where the compute occurs, you may not really know. And and this was my point that I wanted to tie that back to it really drives home the need for having a unified threat intelligence that can also protect across all of these varied environments because the prize is is not my phone it's the data my phone's connected to
0: i look i look at the cloud and i and i remember this when i was doing security architecture reviews several years ago I, I always looked, I always looked at the cloud as an opportunity to get things right, because there's a lot of, you know, I, I guess a lot of sins that, uh, that organizations have made over the years, as far as designing their networks and, and designing their applications and designing everything partially because that was the only way they knew how to do it. And, or there was, or the technology didn't exist to do it better. And now, you know, shake up the Etch-A-Sketch and come up with something different. And, you don't have to create it the same way that you did before. That, that's a that's a huge opportunity. But it, it, the other side of that is exactly. there's a lot more ways to screw up
1: now than there used to be. No question.
0: You know, it used to be before, and and I, you know, back when I back when I was uh, when I first started working for a checkpoint reseller way back in the in the day, we had a you know we had a T1 line coming into the office, right? And that was and that was the only way in. I mean, I, I don't even remember if there was dial up phones or not, there may have been, I can't remember, but if I wanted remote access in, I was, I was using, I was actually using a RAS product most likely <laughs> uh, to, 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 to come in. And I was most, and I was dialing mm-hmm. in from a PPP on a, on a, you know, on a, on a phone line, you know, the, and there was no wifi or anything like that. Right. So the, literally there was, you know, the, the, two ways that were into the, to the office were physically entering the office or somehow breaching that, uh, you know, that firewall that was, uh, that, that was protecting the network that was it. Now, right, you you, you walk into a typical office building, just think about the number of access points that are that are that may be in a given company, right? I mean, I know I would just even just walking into a restaurant, there's probably five, right? It's, it's like, why do you need so many access points? Well, yeah, okay. So of course, I'm one to talk in my house, I've got Yeah, I've got several, but, but, but I'm also a geek, right? And so, um, but that's, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) that's a way in, right? And then, and then there's the phone in everybody's pocket. There's the, there's the Bluetooth devices. There's the, you know, who, who knows what else, right?
1: BLE, does, do you think the world knows how hackable uh, BLE is in, earlier iterations, which are are far and away the most widely deployed. I don't think people realize how so easily hackable, uh, like a BLE uh, device before they uh, actually uh, realized, uh, oh, uh, it's not a good thing for somebody to just step in and say, hey, I forgot, can you send me new keys?
0: Okay. (laughs) A lot of the decisions that were made back in the day were because we didn't know better and some and also maybe because the technology didn't exist right to to, to do something different and yeah and bluetooth is yeah. one of those amazingly backward compatible protocols that has a lot of the bluetooth stacks are i'm sure there's plenty of security vulnerabilities in those and you know oh by the way you can't update those devices because they're you know the, the manufacturer you know, stopped making them five years ago and
1: Correct. Or, or, or it's just one of those IOT type of devices that's not designed to be upgraded. It's burnt in, it's there, it's shipped.
0: So I actually give you an example. I've got many different uh, mobile phones here, but I have a, uh, a Samsung S8 plus that, um, that I've had for a little while and, you know, I use it to test various things and I've got our, um, mobile threat prevention software on it, sandblast mobile. And, and, and I fired it up the other day, just, just, I was I was cleaning some stuff off the device and whatever and so I, and I saw that there was a that there was a security event and and there was that um, you know and this is something I think we discovered as a company actually it's the the Achilles DSP thing and it, this is a, this is a hardware level vulnerability that there's probably mm-hmm. some software patch there's some software patches that can be deployed but they have to be deployed by uh, you know again it's 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 one of these it, it's kind of almost like with the with the you know with the solar winds thing it's a, it's it's a you know there, there's a supply chain of things that that have to be updated and they're not they're not designed to really be updated and yeah. if, it, you know if the if the vendor you know if the vendor can't update it properly then you know what can you do about it so it's so there's and this is you know as we become more connected and we rely on these things more and more and we don't create things that are easy to update. No, by the way, making things easy to update also makes them easy to inject the malicious code, right? So there's a balancing act there. You have to make it updatable, but only by the right
1: people. Double-edged sword, right?
0: We're relying on more and more of these things. And yeah, and, and, and all of the devices that you carry around, yeah, they they, they broadcast information about yourself and, and uh, you know, that it, or that it can potentially be hackable. And yeah, and people... Are unaware of all of this, and 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 I can understand people being even frightened by it because it, and and some people don't like to use the stuff because it's because of that and 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 uh, you know they you know again the you know the bad guy only has to be right once we have to be right as good guys we you know, that are protecting we have to be right every single time and it's and and by the way they don't really care about your That's phone right. because there's lots of other phones that are probably easier to hack, uh, but uh, they want the data.
1: Correct, and this is one of the key points you know when I speak about. Infinity in particular, and just the whole notion of uh, the desperate need for consolidation that really truly is out there, and um, the fact that we've built up these fortresses, but the fact is we really do need to harmonize and unify our threat intelligence. And I think it's amazing because you know and I know When Checkpoint started, we didn't call it the cloud, but there's not a vendor on the planet that doesn't do it this way today. Suck up IOCs, put them in a big bit bucket in the cloud, do your fairy dust and magic, send back the results. I mean, is there anybody that does it differently than that?
0: I don't think so. And what I like to remind people is I say the name of our company is Checkpoint Software Technologies. We're fundamentally a software company. Thank you. Thank you. It, we we look even though we run on hardware, we, we look at everything. We understand it that that fundamentally it's software that drives it all. That's right. When we make our technologies, we make them we we make them agnostic almost to what they're running on. I mean, with within reason, yep. right? There are there are some different instruction sets on different chipsets sure. and that kind of thing. But it's, when I look at the breadth of the Infinity Vision, right? I think it, it, that it is. Uh, there there's a, there's a lot to take in and it all has to work together if you're going to have a chance again because again the bad guys only have to be right once yep. and the good guys have to be right every single time and it's a it, it, it it's a cliche but it's true
1: it's it is absolutely true and i think the other thing that people sometimes forget is unlike every one of our customers that have a uh, a tail, if you will, of technology they're dragging along because they can't depreciate everything, they can't upgrade everything, they can't move everything to the cloud, they can't be complete. You know, I mean, there's uh, technologies that have to come along. Whereas the bad guys, they can pretty much just drop it and go straight to the to the edge, right? Straight to the newest tools, attacking you in the most vulnerable areas where there are the weakest. Uh, uh, security solutions, and certainly people would argue uh, that's IoT and cloud, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you're right. There's so much there. It all runs on software. That's yeah, right. And it's all it's all talking to each other. And it, you may not be able to modify that software or even interact with that software, but it's there, yeah. right? There's, there's instructions that are doing things and there are ways to make it um, do things that it wasn't designed to do.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's one of the things, your point is so, I, I love it. It's why, in fact, every event I'm like kind of a little bit of a maniac and and I always want it to be checkpoint software. You know, I'll I'll allow the technologies to to not be there, but I just feel really strongly that you know, we need to just constantly like a lighthouse out the end of a jetty remind the market, remind the world, remind our customers that we're a software company. We're not a hardware company. And and that really has some distinct advantages. And I think also it's important to remind people we are the ones that have the patent on stateful inspection. Thanks very much. We were the ones that architected this model that uh, put all the information up into a big bit bucket, what we now refer to as the cloud. But that was certainly not the case uh, when we initially did it. You know, there are a lot of firsts. That, uh, you could argue were checkpoints.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think, or, you know, I think a lot of things even that, that, uh, have people that have left checkpoint and actually have gone on to do other things. Some of those ideas came from checkpoint. Sure they did. Orca Security is an example of a of a of a company that is. Um, some, a couple other co founders, I, I I used to work with them in a in R and D, and and in some yep. ways they compete, but I could see some of the the checkpoint DNA in some of their ideas, right? And they may be taking it a slightly yeah, different direction than, than we did, and and I've said before that checkpoints influence on the industry goes well beyond the products that we've created. Uh, I think that there's oh. a lot. I think there's a lot of influence we've had as a, as a company on the industry in just people that have come through checkpoint and have gone on to do different things. And you and I've been doing this for, for a long time and we've seen people come and go yep. not only from checkpoint, but from different parts of the industry and the different ideas that have come up. and and, and some of these uh, yeah, the, some of the technologies it's like, yeah, the, it, you know, checkpoint was working on a lot of the technologies way back when yep. and we had a, a, you know, and they were built for a different time yep. and you can still see there's some legacy, Bits of that in the, pro- in, you know, in the, in the products, for instance, right. That you can see that, that okay, the, this was from back in the nineties or whatever, the fundamental kernels, the ideas that, the, that, that functionality and those features provided, they're still there and it's, it's, they're still driving it. And it's ultimately, you know, we want to bring people to the, the, we want people to, we want to provide people with the highest level of security on the internet.
1: Yep. We secure the internet. Remember, I mean, that was our first slogan.
0: I've got a cup sitting here on my, on my, on my, uh, on my desk here that I've been drinking coffee out of it. And, and it was, uh, when I when uh, right after I had uh, joined checkpoint as a result of the Nokia acquisition as a cup, as a yep. cup, I got, um, it's a, uh, but it's, it's, it's got the classic checkpoint logo and it says we secure the internet. So yep. this is before the, you know, before all the different marketing slogans that you know, secure your everything.
1: Yeah. I remember it. Well, I remember it very well.
0: And it's funny because I because I saw that I saw that it's sort of the corporate mission statement. I was I was I was looking at a, a video that somebody was asking me to get, or that we're getting some feedback on, and and, we, and there was our mission statement there. And I realized that I I'd, I'd never actually seen the mission statement, but when I saw it, I'm like, well, this is not a surprise to me, because this is what Checkpoint has always been. We've always been out there trying to prevent. Uh, bad things from happening to our customers. Right? Yeah, and, and absolutely, that's a, and that's the core of everything that we do. And and, and it's and when you understand when you understand and can get behind what a what a company's doing. This is, I mean, it's one of the reasons I've I've been working with Checkpoint's products for for you know and and, and now working for Checkpoint. Yeah, twenty five years. I mean, it's it's it, there is a I, I believe in the mission that we have. No and I think it's. I'm it, with you. I'm, I yeah, am. I mean, that's I'm, why we're here.
1: Yeah, and I I have to you know uh, my own personal. Two cents on, you know, I feel so fortunate to be back at Checkpoint uh, and, and finding my way back. It's really quite remarkable. It's almost literally to the day 20 years since I was at Checkpoint before in strikingly similar circumstances. You know, I went to work for MetaInfo in February. Two months later... Uh, In April, Shlomo comes to Seattle and says, we just acquired you, and we had 36 people. Fast forward, it's 2018, July, and I guess it was three months instead of two months later, it's announced that Checkpoint acquired us And ironically, I had only uh, been with, you know, both companies for just a very short time. But the second time around, it was so cool. It was like it was like coming home, you know, Uh, it was just really, really cool. So I feel real fortunate. And, And what's been most impressive, I see Checkpoint as the steady Eddie. I mean, the one that is not erratic and waving all over. We're not swerving on the road. We're not throwing money around like a drunken sailor. We're responsible. We have very sound fiduciary roots, if you will. And um, you can see it every day. And I love working for a company that is so well run. Uh, that's really, really uh, noticeable. You know, this company is, I think, has a very special culture. has a lot of just amazing people, and uh, I've, I know, I've, I've been really uh, thrilled to being back. Well, I'm glad to have you back too. Yeah, I appreciate that. Sometime um, on a podcast with you, we'll we'll tell stories about the early, early days when I. You know, that was back in the kooky days when, you know, we we did stuff like, uh, you know, skits and and uh, movies and dressed up like evangelists and other crazy stuff. It was pretty hey, fun. Hey, you were
0: Checkpoint's first evangelist, so.
1: Yeah, that's right. It was, uh, you know, I, I, I'll tell you something, uh, Damon, and this is something that I don't know how many people, I, I know you can really appreciate this. I I really wear that. Title that badge with a great deal of honor and pride. It, you know, I've had that title for you know more than two decades, uh, and I've always looked at it in a very special way. And uh, it seems like now it's kind of bantered around a little bit more and given out a little more freely than than I feel it is warranted. But it means a lot to me, and uh, I, uh, I I try to. Uphold, you know. My mind's—I always the first evangelist I ever think of is Guy Kawasaki, you know, uh, at Apple, and that was kind of what I always thought as, you know, that's the ideal evangelist.
0: Yeah, I've got—I've actually got one of his books on my bookshelf here. Uh, yeah, um, autographed by him actually, uh, which uh, cool, which you know, which is uh, yeah. So, um, long time Apple guy because I mean that was the first computer I started working on was an apple II. So, yeah uh you know i've been I've, i grew up an apple person and so yeah of course guy kawasaki back in the day is uh, uh always be, always been an interesting uh character to follow because yeah he, he honestly it's really easy to uh it, you know, when you believe right it's 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 very easy to be uh to be genuine and be very uh
1: evangelic
0: and, and be <laughs> and, 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 and angelic, right? yes absolutely and, You know, and and in my role, right? I mean, so, you know, what I do in in these days, and it's funny because a lot of what I'm doing today was what I was doing in the beginning of my career, Yeah. Um, except now Checkpoint's paying me and they call it marketing, (laughs) which, and I love it. I, I get to help people solve their issues and I get, you know, and I get to promote a company that I really believe in and 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 i do, and you know we you know we, we're not a, we don't shy away from the facts of a situation we uh you know sometimes there are issues and they, and they and we address them as, as best we can and that's the and, but it's, it's I'm, yeah i'm proud to work for checkpoint i don't yeah. have a i, I a, it lines up with a lot of what i believe and 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 we try to do the right thing and that's yeah. you know it's funny as 2020, you know, got rolling and 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 coronavirus hit and all of that. Uh so at that point I I I became I was even more thankful that I worked for Checkpoint
1: because Boy, yeah, that's when the true colors come out, right? I mean, yeah. I and it's really true. Yeah, I've never received so many emails from any employer, albeit I've never been through another employer through a pandemic. But uh never have I had as many. Uh, genuinely heartfelt emails of concern for me. You're doing okay. Everything okay. How are you doing? You know, we've got this get-together and that get-together. I mean, I, I, I too feel exactly the same. I'm very proud uh, and feel like, you know, we're special. Uh, and I even posted that when there was that LinkedIn thing about, you know, one of the Top greatest companies to work for. It's like I I think I wrote. I think I must be the luckiest man on the planet because I've had the chance to work for them twice.
0: I d- I don't think we meant for this to turn into a checkpoint love fest, but no. it did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and and you know, hey, I think the key is what you just touched on. If if this was not genuine, if if this wasn't truly, you know, uh, 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 something that came from us and was truthful. And, it would be sensed and then everyone would know, but that's the difference. It's genuine. Uh, and to have a passion for what you believe in uh, and having it be genuine. I mean, that's the best kind of conversation. So uh, I think it's been terrific. Um, I really appreciate you uh, joining me. I want to do it again because uh, I, you and I uh, Damon, I mean, I think we could, we could probably talk for hours and have it be interesting uh, because you've certainly made these last 20 or 30 or whatever minutes interesting. So I really want to thank you for joining me on Talking Cloud.
0: Uh, you're welcome. Can I, I do a plug for my podcast? While, yes, while please, please. Yeah. So uh I do the
1: Checkmates Go podcast.
0: Uh so you can if you go to community.checkpoint.com you'll find it on the end of the learn menu uh, or you can search for Checkmates Go in your favorite podcast app and uh yeah we we do it, uh, roughly weekly we'll do a uh, a podcast uh you know, a, a, around cybersecurity uh sometimes around checkpoint and we we cover a lot of different topics. Uh I I know I will have Grant uh come on come on our podcast as well and we will uh but we will uh Uh, but yeah, we'd love to love for us, for you to give us a listen and and give us a rating and five-star review and all of that. And please do the same for Grant because make make sure, so make sure you hit that five-star review button and and say something nice about him in the Apple iTunes or whatever, however you listen to podcasts.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Damon. That does mean a lot. I'll put it also in the uh, description, uh, when we post this, so you'll be able to find it.
0: It's been it's been a fun project to take on and uh and uh you know again it's a you know share the share the goodness of uh of cybersecurity uh in Checkpoint.
1: Well, I've really enjoyed it uh, Damon and you know I'll again say I'll never say your name incorrectly again. Um but I appreciate you being here man, thanks a ton. Look forward to getting on your podcast with you. I'll tell you stories about Checkpoint back in the late 90s. That was some fun times. So But with that, ladies and gentlemen, I've got another one in the books. This was going to go down as a legendary one, a conversation with uh, Damon Phoneboy from Checkpoint. Uh, It's just been awesome. I really appreciate you listening. Thanks so much. Please, if you like it, like, share, tell your friends, and I'll look forward to having you back on the next episode of Talking Cloud.
0: Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, leave us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. And we'll see you next time.